What's up, guys? It's Nick from Backlot Review, the official podcast of Inside the Backlot. Today, Stephen and I discussed episode four of Game of Thrones, The Last of the Starks. If you like what you hear, please follow us on Twitter at Inside Backlot or send us an email at InsideBacklot at gmail.com. Uh, just a heads up, we wanted to apologize in advance for the audio. We had some trouble recording this past episode. So if it's a little bit muffled here and there, we apologize in advance and we hope you enjoy the episode. Um, yeah, I wasn't, I liked the episode when I first saw it. We talked about this a little bit earlier. Like I liked it when I first saw it and I was like, oh, this episode wasn't that bad, man. Like, I don't know why you didn't, or you weren't such a big fan of it, but I was, I've rewatched it and it's definitely the weakest episode in the season. And it's definitely one of the weaker episodes in the Game of Thrones universe. It's not the worst episode, but it's definitely one of the weaker, weaker episodes just due to like the the plot in the last you know 30 minutes it just gets a little bit too jumbled up and it just gets too rushed and just stupid i guess i would say like i just don't really like at this point in the show how the main characters aren't smarter than the audience the audience at this point is kind of smarter than a lot of the characters and i think that takes away a lot I just feel like it has more to do with the writers themselves, where David Benioff and uh, D.B. Weiss, uh, I don't know if I pronounced that correctly, they, I don't know if you know this, but they are the writers of X-Men Origins Wolverine. Yes. Did you know that? I saw your tweet on that. It's only one of them. It's only one of them. It's not both of them. Well, they're the writers of X-Men Origins, and they're in charge of writing the last season for arguably the biggest TV show I mean, of all time. I mean, they've been writing for the entire show, majority of the episodes. So, um, okay, but the difference is they had the books to follow up, to yeah, follow yeah, up yeah. on. Yeah, they don't have source material anymore. Exactly, it's much easier to write um, a story that's already written for you and to basically just condense it um, than to con- not only write your own story but write your own story based on um a story that was pre-written to continue to build on it and to add to it in an astronomical way that is going to please everybody mm-hmm. obviously they're not going to please everybody with the way this no, is going to end not. they never were this the show is too big but this it's is just... not the way to do it the show right now has devolved from intelligent conversation and um meaningful dialogue yeah to um basically just uh what's the word to basically just exposition when characters talk the the show is too condensed they're trying to fit this all into a six episode season which we knew from when this was announced that this was going to be a huge problem <sighs> it's just they need time like i don't know why they did this i don't <sighs> they should have yeah. 10 episodes could have done it but even then i think i think you need at least two seasons this ending yeah needs at least two seasons your first season you you deal with the white walkers and all that and the night king and then the second season you deal with what we're dealing with now with cersei and the golden army and all that or the golden compass it's the golden army right golden compass is a movie. <laughs> the golden yeah, Compass. yeah the i don't golden know why that company. pops in my mind <laughs> no, i don't blame you because they've only been mentioned like twice and there's two more episodes left yeah, I mean, and you would think they're pretty. They, they're a pretty important I mean, piece like, moving forward. Like, like the first, 
you know, like what I keep saying, like the first 45 minutes of this show is like this episode. It wasn't bad. Like I liked the opening scene of the funeral, that speech that we get from John, um, how we see Sansa, you know, give, uh, give Theon the, the little Stark sigil. So that's her, you know, basically telling him like, oh, like, you know, you, you died a Stark. Uh, we see Daenerys and Jorah get their goodbye. But yeah. And then Jorah getting more action in death than in life. Yeah, unfortunately. Poor guy. Yeah, I mean the opening was good. Like I was like, okay, this is we're we're on the right track here. I, I mean, would say I, the opening, from at least in my opinion, is the best part of the episode. You, it, at that point, when John was giving his little um, Aragorn speech, I was feeling pretty good going into the episode, and um, I still did during the beginning of the feast scene. Uh, mm-hmm. But after that, it just went downhill. Did you notice Harrington's uh, accent change when he has to scream? <laughs> no, I actually didn't. Does it really? Yeah, he's a different act. Like, I mean, it's still him, but it's it's a little bit of a different accent. I guess that when he has to enunciate, uh, it just doesn't come out. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah, but... So, yeah, the opening was pretty solid. Um, I really liked the way it looked. Yeah, it was good. And then, yeah, we get that whole celebration. We got to we got to mourn for all the two people who died in um, the Battle of Winterfell. So that was a fine scene. The celebration scene, which is basically the big feast, kind of commemorating the Battle of Winterfell, is a scene right after. And I'd say that's one of the longer scenes in the episode, if not the longest. Here you have everyone who is in Winterfell basically coming together and interacting again since the second episode. Mainly John, Daenerys, Tyrion, Brienne, Jamie, Sansa, and the Hound and Gendry. I would say I really like yeah. this scene. I mean, we also get, you know, Daenerys, she legitimizes Gendry. So that's good. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know what you thought about that. I was going to say that I really liked the scene up until Daenerys what basically legitimizes Gendry. I feel like the purpose of that was just kind of to write his character off because like he becomes legitimized and now he is, you know, he's a lord. And, you know, throughout the entire show, they don't really talk about who's the lord of, is it what, is it Stormborn? Or it is Storm's End. Storm's End. Okay. But yeah, because House Baratheon was dead. Yeah. So that kind of just covers that up. Um, it writes him off. You know, we also see him propose to Arya, which I thought was good, and I was expecting her to say no because that's yeah, also a callback yeah. to season one. I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm still just trying to think about like this episode, and it's just. I feel like the more you think about the episode, the worse you realize that it is. Yeah, I just feel like this episode maybe was just, I don't know, like thinking about it now, it just seems like it was meant for a lot of just foreshadowing of what was going to happen. And like we see Tormund talking to Jon and he's like, oh, you know, you're riding the dragon and you're you're this king. Only a king could do that. And I mean, that also shows that no one really cares about Daenerys. And you could clearly see that, that she's alone in that whole like scene of them. But yeah, I feel like we're constantly getting like foreshadowing of what's going to happen. Um, they're always talking about in this episode about John being in the North. Uh, I feel like at the end mm-hmm. of the show, he's just going to end up in the North. Like he's just going to be okay. hanging out there. Okay. What do you mean North? Because I have a prediction on this. 
I don't know. I, North, I don't know. I don't think he's going to go to Winterfell. I would not be surprised if... I mean, the Night's Watch really doesn't have a purpose anymore due to the fact that the Night King is dead. So I wouldn't be... Like, maybe he he starts up the Night's Watch again. I don't know. Or maybe he just goes and lives with Tormund north of the Wall or what was north of the Wall. Oh, my God. That's my prediction, yeah. too. My prediction is, because it's set up heavily in this episode, is that by the time this show ends... At the show's ending, John is going to go back to Castle Black, which would be the stupidest possible ending for his character. Like, what's the point of the what's the point of going to the wall if there's no White Walkers anymore? I <laughs> like, thought that this the big feast scene, the big celebration scene, um, was really well done. Well, until Daenerys named Gendry um a ba- uh, Baratheon before she legitimized him, and then after that. Mm-hmm. It just kind of got too. It dragged on for way too long. I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with that, and then it just felt pretty. Uh, like I don't want to say gratuitous, but it f- it I felt mean, like the show was trying to be like the old Game of Thrones seasons one through four. Um, but the writers just didn't mm-hmm. have the skill for it. And when I say that, I mean that there were a lot of characters interacting. And trying to have meaningful dialogue, but it didn't come mm-hmm. across as intelligent and well-written dialogue. It came across, like I said earlier, it came off very it surface came off level. As very surface level, almost exposition, like explaining. For example, when I have to, t- when we're talking about Tormund and um, John, where we have yeah. Tormund basically screaming and exclaiming, um how John is such a great king and uh, how he would, well, how he would make such a great king and um, how he's such a great person. And now I understand uh, why he needs to say that um, specifically for Daenerys' character. Yeah. But it just came across, I don't even want to say poorly done because that's like such a basic way to put it. But in reality, that is, it was just poorly done. It's just poorly written. It's very exposition-like where everything is told to you, which Game of Thrones has a really big problem with this now, where everything is told to you and um, it doesn't let the audience figure it out themselves or see themselves. It's told, not seen. Yeah. And that's a really big problem when all of major information to you is told and not not shown. I guess I agree with you on that, but it's just, I don't know. I just feel like they're not, I don't know. This just feels like a, this just feels like a setup episode. It feels like a setup episode. It doesn't feel like it. There's any importance to this. Um, also in that scene, in that like whole like celebration scene, we see the hound and Sansa have a little bit of an interaction. Sansa just explains like, Oh, like everything that happened to me has made me like the way I am, like I'm not the little bird anymore. Okay. I know a lot of people didn't like that for some reason because I guess some people took it as her saying that like because she was raped, like she's a stronger person now. I didn't take it as that. Um I took it more as like I don't even know like how the to like hardships put it, I guess that she came across like without the hardships that she came across, she wouldn't be the person she's at right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I guess I see what you mean. It, it, I mean, I just um, didn't like that scene because also, it, it just felt pretty yeah. pointless. If I'm being honest, like it just seems like the hounds is just trying to get closure. It just seems like they're cl- trying to close out his story, but they s- just keep dragging it. It's like, 
I mean, I just didn't like it because to me, it felt like the writers realized that uh, almost everyone got their reunion scenes except for Sansa and the Hound, and they just tried to like throw it in there in this episode. Just throw it in uh, there. And it just, I don't know, it just didn't work for me. What did you think of Brienne and Jamie finally getting um, together? I actually really liked it. And I want to talk about this yeah, same. Uh, at length, actually. I really liked it. Um, I liked that scene with Tyrion, Jamie, Podrick, and Brienne. I thought it was a nice moment of uh, levity and just characters interacting um, until Tyrion went and messed it all up. But I yeah. really liked that scene between uh, Jamie and Brienne because that is how you close or start to give closure on something that has been built up for seven seasons. And I thought yeah. it was really well done and... I thought the payoff was excellent until they decided to fuck up everything that Jamie had worked for and that his character arc had set up. Mm-hmm. And they just completely just mm. took his character arc and took a huge shit on it. I think you and me feel so differently about that. Um, just because like, I think Jamie's going to die with Cersei. I think this is just Jamie's character. Like everyone keeps telling Jamie, Oh, you're a good person. You're a good person. You're a good person. But in reality, like, I don't know. He's he's not. He's kind of a terrible person. Like, like he said, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if it was him that said it or someone else. They say, oh, you're addicted to Cersei. Like, and you know, and then, you know, Tyrion, I think in the second uh, episode of the season tells her, tells him, he was like, you always knew what she was when you still loved her. Or he says something along those lines. And it's just, yeah, like this is pretty obvious. Like, of course he's going to go back to Cersei. It just seems like I think a lot of people are thinking that maybe he's going to go there to kill Cersei. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to die with Cersei, in my opinion. I actually really um, disagree on um, with you saying that Jamie's always been a, a bad person because the show has gone out of it, literally has gone out of its way to show you that Jamie is actually a good person or at worst a person who does bad things for good reasons. Yeah, I guess that'd be now, the and this I mean like I am yeah. like strongly on this hill because of the fact that Jamie went out of his way to apologize to Bran and Bran giving him Bran basically telling Jamie that he, not that he forgives him but that his actions were justified in the long run kind of brought yeah. a little bit of closure to jamie and brought his began to round out his character arc basically one of uh, someone who did bad things looking for forgiveness and atonement for those things and mm-hmm. then obviously kelly cersei and they just completely sh- they completely shat on it and now he's on his way back i mean if he kills cersei how would you feel about i mean that? if he kills cersei that's fine my problem, my problem is, for all we know, he my, could be doing that. Did you see the uh, inside the Game of Thrones after the episode? No, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't see um, it. It's, that's why, like, my theory is he's either going to go kill her or he's going to die with her, which are the okay. two, like, only well, things that could they happen. said like, that, I believe it was David Benioff, and they brought up Jamie going back to Cersei, and... They are alluding to the fact that Jamie is going back to Cersei to die with her because they say that Cersei is his addiction. Now, he could be going down to kill her. I don't think he is, mm-hmm. but I th- I think he's going down to King's Landing. I think he's going to die with her. Um, I think he's I think he's going to be the one to kill Euron. 
because Theon is dead and Yara is pretty much written out of the show. Uh, so he is going to be the one. Well, they mentioned her. Yeah, they mentioned her. I'm like, she's not going to be in, this, in the finale of the show. Absolutely not. So he's, I mean, he's definitely going to kill, he's definitely going to kill Euron. But, or he kills Cersei. I really hope he does kill Cersei. Now, if he does kill Cersei, I wouldn't mind because that will be the end of his character arc. So it could be that he's just telling Brienne he's going back to her to kind of make Brienne not follow him. But, um, I'm not sold on it right now. And the quality and the writing of this show doesn't have, doesn't give me a reason to be sold on it. Or major, major plot prediction. He doesn't kill Cersei. He kills Daenerys. When Daenerys becomes queen and he becomes the queen slayer. I, I, I read that theory. Or a theory similar. Oh, really? I just thought of this like right now. I read to a be theory honest. like that. Bro, there's theories on, on fucking Robin Aaron killing Daenerys. It's shit on every character. But I think Jon will be the one to kill Daenerys. Because Daenerys is not living... She's not going to finish off the show alive. She's going to be dead. Yeah, it's there. Yeah, they're clearly setting up the death of her character. It's so sad. I and think it's like I think it's so sad. It's so obvious what they've done to her it's character. So, but we'll talk about that later. Um, I want to talk about Braun real quick because that scene was so stupid. really. That's that scene really was so that's actually stupid. in that hindsight. So so stupid. in hindsight, that's actually. Like, Probably my, not my favorite scene, but I'd say it's the se- one of the scenes that least bothered me. I'll say that. Dude, how, what do you mean? How the hell does Bronn get into Winterfell with a Lannister crossbow? How does that happen? And he just walks in like, hey, yeah, what's right. up? Like, what? Yeah, like, just kind of- like, yeah, like he shows he does this massive journey to Winterfell. For literally two minutes of like, hey, I'm going to kill you guys, but what could you give me that's better so I don't kill you? But the thing is... They make the offer to give him Highgarden, and he's just like, okay, because, But that's like I'll true be back. his character, because that's that's literally who Braun is. He's just, he's just in it for the money. They should have killed him last I season. I dis- they should have killed I, him I disagree. I think Braun is one of the more interesting characters. Um, but this has me a little worried, because I don't know if he's going to survive this season. But yeah, I mean, is he ever gonna get his castle? They put, this, they put it in like a really, they put the character of Braun in like a really weird predicament where he saves Jamie's life last season, and then he's mm-hmm. in one episode of this season for like maybe a minute. He's in this episode for like five minutes, and then he kind of tells them, "Hey, I'll be back last episode. Peace out." So I'm assuming we're not seeing Braun next yeah. episode. And we'll probably see him in the last if he doesn't die. If he, yeah, considering he doesn't die in this episode, we'll probably see him in the last one to pay off his character arc that I believe that I thought was going to happen. Oh, we just, oh, we just may never see him. Who knows at yeah, this point? At this point, like, we may never see Bron again. <laughs> what did you think of the scene with what's it called with Daenerys and John when she's just like, oh, I wish, like, I wish you never told anyone, or like, I wish you never told me about like who you are. And John's just like, yo, I don't want the throne. Like, this is yours. Like, I don't want it. Okay, I have a big problem with... I have a big problem with a lot of things in this show. One of them in this season is primarily is the relationship between John and Daenerys, which I mentioned in our first episode of the podcast, 
that it just doesn't feel organic and the relationship feels very forced to kind of raise the stakes of this season. I think I don't like the direction that they've been going with for Daenerys' character. Now, her being obsessed with the throne does make sense. Literally all she's wanted her whole life. So bringing in that hardship for his character, for her character, um, makes it interesting. However, I don't like basically... I don't like how they made Jon almost kind of seem like Daenerys' bitch almost. Which I understand Jon is in love and I understand he doesn't want the throne. But it's such a major contrast to who he was even in season five and, and six where mm-hmm. he's, he's a natural leader in those, in those seasons. Now I don't mind him again, not wanting the throne pretty true to his character, but Daenerys just walks all over him and not in a way that it's shown to put Daenerys in a positive light. Like it's not, it's not done in a in a well written way that shows like hey like Daenerys is, is manipulating. I think it, using I think the it way just, they do it, it yeah. to, like just John is it's just you know just kind of rolling over for her in a in a lazy way. Yeah, it doesn't feel earned. It doesn't feel like, like I don't buy. I don't <laughs> it doesn't buy feel like he would really do that. Yeah. Daenerys is just such a stronger. Um, figure than John, and such a, a much more imposing figure than John, enough to make John kind of like roll over for her, and it just makes it seem like yeah. like l- really lazy writing, like really bad writing. So I, I have a problem with I mean, that just, with that whole. I mean, yeah, I mean, she basically tells him though, like, hey, like we could keep this secret, just don't tell anyone, and <laughs> and then the very next scene, tells, yeah, yeah, very is next that scene, the very next scene. I'm pretty sure that's the very next scene or very shortly yeah. after that where he's talking. Uh, oh, actually, it's not. It's not. The scene before that is when they're strategizing for war, when they're ready to go to King's Landing. Okay, which we'll talk about later. <sighs> that's yeah, so we'll stupid. That, later. that whole so, thing. So, no, yeah. Well, first of all, like, yeah, like what makes Daenerys so unlikable? And I see a lot of people saying like, oh, this that they didn't like Sansa in this scene at all. Where Daenerys was like, okay, we're going to go in, we're going to do this. And Santa's like, hey, like our soldiers, like half of our army just died. Why don't we let them rest? Like, hmm, like that would be the smart idea because everyone's like tired from saving the world. So why don't we let them rest and then we'll go fight. And she's kind of just like, nope, we're going to go now. So like, it's just... It just seems like dumb. It's it. It's just it. I feel like they're just making Daenerys's character stupid. <laughs> like any rational person would just be like, "Yeah, okay, cool." Like we'll have yeah. them rest. Like but in hindsight, like in hindsight, which she's just been making mistake after mistake in West, like since she got to Westeros. Mm-hmm. So I could kind of feel her. I can <laughs> see where her frustrations are coming from. Yeah. I mean, it's after that, though, where we see John tell Arya and Sansa who he is. Well, Bran tells them. And, yeah, we yeah. see how that goes. When we see how that goes. Um, Sansa has be- legitimately become one of my favorite characters. I feel like... I say, I, say, I call her Littlefinger 2.0. I feel like at this point... My Game of Thrones group chat disagrees. I feel like Sansa at this point is the smartest character in the whole show. She yeah, fucking I mean, runs I'm not circles gonna, I around won't be surprised Daenerys, around John, Tyrion... Yeah around everyone and her growth has been so 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 satisfying obviously, to see. 
I mean, she might be queen. She might end up being queen. Who knows? Like, I would not be surprised if anything like that happens. I honestly, I could see her sitting on the throne by the time the show ends. And I honestly would welcome that. I think she, I think she'd actually be a pretty good fucking queen. I mean, if I'm being honest, she'd be a pretty good queen. Yeah. I mean, she can't keep a secret. She, she totally um, did that on but, purpose. You know, 100% oh, of course. did that on purpose. She does, of course. Yeah, she tells Tyrion who Jon is because she hates Daenerys and she doesn't trust her. Well, she doesn't hate her. She doesn't. She oh, just doesn't trust her. Not. I would say that she doesn't trust her. She yeah. doesn't think she's a good queen. She doesn't think she knows how to lead because she she doesn't. But at the same time, it's just I don't know. It's just weird what they're doing with her character. It's just very strange. I don't like the direction they're making her character go because I just don't think that it just doesn't seem like that would happen. I don't know. It just. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like it's only happening for the oh, convenience of the plot. Absolutely. If that makes sense. Like, just... And yeah. Um, yeah. I also feel that way about John being a Targaryen, where it, at this point, it just feels like a plot convenience. Um, well, that's, well that, that's been a theory, even from people no, in the I books. No, I know. Like, it's, it's been a theory, a th- and I'm yeah. sure, I'm 100% positive that in the books, it's going to be something, obviously much more important and much more meaningful and um, something that's actually going to affect John's character or, but in the show right now, it just feels like it's being used as just a plot device just to keep two characters kind of um, at odds right now, two major characters. I feel like, I just feel like they haven't done much with it for what a big reveal it was. Nothing has really been made with it. It's like that too. I'm telling you, it just feels like a plot device that's used in certain situations to add tension and to kind of raise the stakes for yeah, certain like, characters. It's really lazy. So <laughs> this is the episode where um yeah, Euron's fleet basically like surprise attacks <laughs> um Daenerys and Yeah, and they kill Viserys or whatever. Euron Rhaegal. Rhaegal. Is that the dragon? And then Rhaegal. Euron snipes Rhaegal Three times, <laughs> wow! Clean. Yeah, clean. One of them, like one of them, through the neck. Wow, Rhaegal <laughs> is flying, and Euron is hiding behind a mountain. So now I have a few questions. Question number one: How did Rhaegal or Drogon not see any of the Iron Fleet? Because they're literally, they're flying. They're flying in yeah, the sky. Flying in the sky. <laughs> a, like further than the rest of Daenerys' fleet. And mm-hmm. Euron obviously has a line of sight on Rhaegal. So it's safe to assume that Rhaegal could have seen the fleet or Drogon. Could have definitely seen the mm-hmm. fleet. And you're telling me that Euron still managed to get three shots off. <laughs> I just, first of all, they reloaded that thing real fast. How does fast. Daenerys not see um, him or his literal uh, hundred ships? How long have they been waiting there? That's what I want to know. Why how long have they been waiting that there? Every single like, time the Iron Fleet manages to remain in super stealth mode up until the most convenient time to reveal themselves to the audience and the main characters. And what I'm referring to is when the Iron Fleet captures Yara in last season, I believe. You know which one I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, yeah, when Theon jumps off the ship. Like, 
why is it that the Iron Fleet always pops out at the most convenient time? Also, how does Euron hit Rhaegal three times in quick succession? Because <laughs> right now, and Mrs. Drogue. right now we're assuming that <laughs> Euron is the one who hit Rhaegal those three times. Mm-hmm. How did Euron hit Drogon, who's flying directly at him? How did Euron and the rest <laughs> of the entire Iron Fleet miss everything? Miss they were like they were blatantly. like stormtrooper level <laughs> level accuracy. Yeah, it's just it's just so stupid. Why did Euron so not stu- kill just- Drogon, who is one the much bigger dragon, two carrying Daenerys? Why didn't Daenerys just fly around the Iron Fleet and just light them up? How did Daenerys not see them to begin with? And and <laughs> how did the Iron Fleet even shoot Rhaegal? Because we see Rhaegal get shot first before anything. We see him get shot mm-hmm. that first time. And then the Iron Fleet moves very quickly out of from behind a mountain. So did Euron shoot yeah. through the mountain? Did he bend the arrow around the mountain like this is fucking wanted? Like I don't, I don't know. Like yeah. that scene just makes no sense, and it's even worse. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but because you didn't watch the inside of the Game of Thrones, did you? Yeah, well, they say that uh, that she forgot about the Iron Fleet. Forgot yeah. about yeah. the Iron Fleet. She forgot about them when. The scene before, two scenes before, they're literally talking about the Iron Fleet, the Golden Company, and the rest of Cersei's forces. They're literally explaining it to her. It it's just that's just exactly and this is this is the kind of bullshit writing um that is destroying the reputation of the show. And uh, this show, unless these last two episodes are amazing episodes, this show might have the worst might take the title of worst ending for a TV show this generation from How I Met Your Mother. And the How I Met Your Mother ending was really bad. Okay, after the dragons are dead or dragon is dead, um, you know, the Iron Fleet destroys them, they capture Masande quickly back at I think it's um Winterfell. Like they get a raven and they're like, oh, happened and this and that. And it's just like the show does such a bad job at showing like the editing is so bad this season and showing like time pass that it feels like it's immediate, but it's not like so much time has passed. It's just so dumb. And it's just like, I don't know. It's, it's just stupid at this it point. Is. It's not stupid. I keep saying stupid, but it's just like, that's I don't even have is, another though. word. That's it's what just, it is. This show is stupid at this point. It's just dumb. It treats its audience like it's dumb. It treats its characters like it's dumb. That there we go. There we go. It's treating its audience like it's like they're like, stupid. At this point, it's like Game of Thrones is almost like up their own ass. And you can see Yeah. First of all, I think what you said about the sh- show making its characters all really dumb really is really is pretty accurate. Um but I th- it's just like what like you, you had two, you had they had two years they had two years i think the biggest <laughs> problem with these writers is that they don't know how to write smart characters like they don't know how yeah, to write I, characters who are who are smarter than the audience 
I think um, this this is just showing that George R. R. Martin, his world building and character development is what what was you know oh, 100%. carrying this show. Like this is just validating that now. One hundred percent. And if you look at seasons one through four, which George R. which are taken directly from the books, because season five is when they begin to um, kind of lean away Straight from away. it. Yeah. And that's when you first start to see like um really the cracks in um this show's foundation. Damn. So yeah. I, I think one of the big problems of the show is that they don't know how to write smart characters. Um and when you look past season let's say mid season five, Littlefinger mm-hmm. becomes pretty useless. He shows up at the veil because of Sansa. Okay. Mm-hmm. Littlefinger becomes useless. Varys has done absolutely nothing since season five up until this episode. Like literally mm-hmm. absolutely nothing. Tyrion has done has I'm not even gonna say has done absolutely nothing. He has been reduced to an idiot since the beginning of season five. Now yeah. in season five, I can kind of buy why he's an idiot because you know he's gone back to drinking and he's depressed and all that stuff. So that yeah. stuff I understand. Um however it's gotten to the point where he's just making mistakes and being an idiot um, for the sake of the plot. The only yeah. really kind of smart person left of the show is Sansa. And when and I, Arya. When I say, yeah, I know, but when I say smart, I mean people who are directly involved with the political affairs of Westeros. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm not really counting Cersei because we haven't really seen too much of Cersei. Yeah, we haven't seen much of her at all. At all, yeah. And last season she was, if I'm remembering correctly, she was in it, but not for for a super long period of time. But Yeah, I think it's just straying away from, I mean, Cersei was one of the strengths of the show, and they've strayed away from her character completely. Whatever. Rhaegal dies. Yeah. And Euron destroys the um, rest of, well we're assuming destroys the rest of Daenerys's fleet and mm-hmm. somehow captures Missandei yeah I'm not sure um, how he but, found Missandei yeah. but he captures her I don't yeah that's really dumb yeah and then we get also get that scene with Tyrion and Varys after is that after or before I believe that's right after because that's once that's they right have already after. arrived on Dragon. yeah um yeah, we get that scene of basically Varys is kind of like, um... Okay, that scene I actually... Yeah, that scene I actually like. That was a good scene. That was a good scene because it was true to the character. And we actually um, see Varys do something. Uh, yeah, like... It's just gotten to the point that maybe even the showrunners don't like Daenerys anymore. Because, like... Yeah, it's just gotten to the point that... Like, Varys is like, alright, like... She's not a good queen anymore. Like, this is... She's not the best option. It's John. And it sucks to oh. see because out of all the possible storylines they could have gone with Daenerys' character, um, I think they picked the worst one and making her um, become the Mad Queen. Because right now, um, obviously we haven't seen the last two episodes, but that's really what they're setting up. Um, yeah, clearly. It clearly looks like that's what's going to happen. That is so, so disappointed. That's so disappointing. So disappointing to see such such a big character in the show um, go that route go that route and ultimately become a villain now i wouldn't mind if that came about and it because it was well written the fact of the matter is it's not 
So it makes it unsatisfying. And it's sad to see Daenerys, you know, end up like this. Yeah. Um, and then we get that final scene with Tyrion. And, <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> that scene is funny to me. Just because it's just like... Okay, well, we get uh, it's Tyrion dumb and Kyra, so many. But, it's dumb on so many levels. Yeah, well, we get that first, like, kind of disturbing, like, scene when you think about it between Tyrion and Kyburn because he's just like, hey, like, a lot of innocent people are going to be dying. Like, you don't want to hear this, like, the screams of burning children are not, like, pleasant. And Kyburn's like, yeah, they're not the most pleasant things to hear, as yeah. if he's heard them before. It's just, <laughs> it's... Um, yeah, and he basically tells like Cersei, like, hey, like, you're not a monster. It's like, she clearly is. Stop giving her a chances. Like, he can't quit his family. It just seems that that's his weakness. Like, he just can't quit and now, his family. That I don't mind. Um, because that has been alluded to a little bit last season. Um, mm-hmm. so I going into the season, one of my my big theories that I really believed was that Tyrion was going to betray Daenerys for the sake of his family, which I wouldn't have loved, but at least it sort of kind of made sense. Um, I don't think that's going to happen anymore, but yeah, about that whole scene that's so stupid is Tyrion. Why are you trying to reason with Cersei? If you have tried multiple times throughout your life, to reason with and her on different things. She won't listen to you. Like, and she, she hates she, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, why is Tyrion trusting Cersei? And we even had Sansa tell him in the first episode or second episode. It's the first episode. That he was basically a fool for trusting her. So yeah, why like, does he keep trying? Why does he keep? Well, well, the reasoning for this part was it was just, I think it was Daenerys that she was like, okay, we're going to try to reason with her. And if she doesn't cooperate and we destroy the city, the people can't blame us. They're going to blame her. Because yeah, she I didn't guess. cooperate, which I, I I bought that as okay. That's smart. That's a smart war tactic. Yeah, you're right about that. Okay, but, but it's just like God. If man, we're being like, honest, if we're being <laughs> honest, Daenerys just should have just blown up King's Landing as soon as she landed, and because now she's down two dragons, she's down all the Dothraki, mm-hmm. she's down almost all the Unsullied, and now she's down two advisors, two of her most loyal advisors. Well, no, not of her most two, like her two most loyal advisors. So yeah. she's been taking some pretty heavy losses. So in hindsight, she really just should have just come into Westeros, flown straight to King's Landing, just lit, up. lit up King's Landing and just taken the rest I of mean, Westeros. Um, yeah, I mean, sure, she would have had so some what we get and people like probably would have been pissed about it. Yeah, but I mean, Aegon did it. She like, got what she Aegon wanted. did it before the, way yeah. before the show started. So. I mean, we also see that uh, the last words that Masande says is, you know, Dracarys. So, and then you get the shot of, you know, Amelia Clark or Daenerys just looking like pissed off. Um, so that's clearly like, all right, next episode, people are going to die. Like, oh, right? Absolutely. Like it has that has like that has, I feel like next episode is the episode where our main, where a lot of main characters are going to die. I agree. I agree with that. I think also I think also this episode many people may not have realized that this is the last time we're probably going to see a lot of characters like Tormund we're probably never going to see him again Sam and Gilly we're probably never going to see them again Ghost we're never going to see him again um who else I mean Podrick we may never see him again Gendry we may never see him again 
We're never going to yeah, see a like, lot of secondary characters again. Yeah, it. Yeah, we're never going to see a lot of secondary characters again. And I mean, whatever. Like, it was bound to happen eventually. Um, it just sucks that it happened in such a shitty season. Yeah. Because Hold on. Before we before we end this, wait. What did you think of the ghost and John farewell? Um, I hated it. Did you see that? That they were saying that due to like CGI purposes, they couldn't like have like a goodbye like that. Yeah, and then I think Network tweeted at them that Leona Mormont was a giant <laughs> last episode. Yeah, <laughs> but I want to bring up one last thing about that last uh, confrontation between Cersei and Daenerys and her army. It didn't really look like an army; it just looked like a squad. Um, mm-hmm. why didn't Cersei? Kill Drogon. Just kill them. Or or oh. not even no not even just them. <laughs> not even just them. Because plot armor. But why didn't she just kill Drogon? She had like thirty of those of those like ballistas. Scorpions or whatever they yeah, call them. That's called scorpions? Yeah, they call them scorpions. Okay. They had like thirty of those scorpions and Drogon was literally just chilling there. Like her <laughs> last yeah. her last dragon. And the most important piece of her army is just chilling there. Literally, just fucking, like, like taking a nap. Like, why, yeah. why wouldn't Cersei just, just destroy Drogon? Just fuck him up. What happens? Drogon flies away? Like, okay, and then he Dracarises you? Again, you have, like, 40 of those. <laughs> if one of them can take down Rhaegal... I'm sure that like 40 of them can kill Drogon. So yeah. he also just could have just ki- like killed all of them, really. Yeah. Just um, could have killed Daenerys, Tyrion, everyone. All I got to say is don't be surprised if we get some dragon eggs in the last episode. Don't be surprised. Oh my God. I mean, at this point, at this point, like I honestly really don't care how the show ends. And um, like, I mean, hey, man, there's two episodes left. Like, I, I'm I'm still enjoying the show. I'm like, I sound like I'm being negative this episode, but I'm still enjoying the show. I'm still enjoying watching it. But it's just like, okay, I'm I'm more cautious. You know, like someone in my group chat for Game of Thrones brought up, they were like, "Hey, what if we're getting another Lost?" It's very possible. Um. So yeah, I mean, I'm still enjoying the show. I'm just being cautiously optimistic now. <laughs> I mean, I know a lot of people are still enjoying the show. Um, I wish that I, I could say the same thing. I mean, obviously, I'm going to keep watching it because I've spent I've spent so much of my of my time watching the show <laughs> of your life yeah. watching it. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm so invested in these characters. I was so invested in these characters at one point that I feel like I'm owed an ending. But um, frankly, I don't think that ending is going to be satisfactory. And I don't mean satisfactory to just me. I mean, like, in general. Like, it'd be a really yeah. shitty ending. Which yeah. is, it's sad to say, but it is what it is. We can't really do anything about it. We're not the showrunners or the writers. Yeah, we're not. We don't have control. So, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, I think we've said what we've needed to say. Yeah, I think that just about uh, wraps it up for this episode. <laughs> what are we going to be Actually, doing? hold on. Actually, hold on. I have one more thing to say. Okay. Um, I have a feeling. I don't know how to say this. Do you think we're going to get a time jump in the last episode? 
Hmm. Do I think we're going to get a time jump? No. Maybe. Okay. Hmm. Maybe. But the thing is, um, with time jumps, at least in this show, I don't think they're really like explicitly said like this is a time jump. Yeah. I don't think it'll be more. Hmm. I don't think it'll be more than like a five year time jump, though. I'd say five years is the okay. maximum, and I still don't see that happening, in my opinion. Okay. But, hmm. uh, All right. Then you know what? I'm just going to hold on to what I have to say then. Level episode, probably. Um, <laughs> okay. So, but, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, that's. Wait, do you have anything else? No, no, no. That's it. Right, well, um, that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can find the rest of our podcast episodes on iTunes, Spotify, at Inside the Backlog. So, make sure to um, sub, follow, and rate for us. Uh, stay tuned because next week, oh, well, stay tuned for next week. We're going to be uh, reviewing Detective Pikachu, which is a film that Sarm and I have really been looking forward to for uh, quite a, a while. It's getting pretty good reviews, actually. That's all. They say it's the best video game movie, but it's not a very harsh, high standard. But Yeah, that's you know. true. But hey, good reviews. So I'm I'm honestly pretty excited. You saw that Ryan Reynolds said that... that um, they have enough like footage to make like an R-rated cut. Yeah, I saw that. That's actually pretty funny. I would love to see that. But yeah, so Detective Pikachu um, next week. So stay on the lookout for that. Thank you guys for listening.